Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dindi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talaya Dindi, and today our very special guest is Jill Meyer Lippert. Jill is a registered dental hygienist of nearly 30 years. She took an early interest in her career in the oral health concerns of people who were diagnosed with cancer. She created a one of a kind online resource for cancer patients, family caregivers, and healthcare providers to reduce harmful oral side effects of treatment that can potentially affect treatment outcomes and quality of life throughout survivorship. Jill, thank you so much for being here with us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is a a privilege to be able to speak with your audience. Thank you, Jill. It's an honor to have you. So let's dive right in. Jill, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. Well, I've, um, as you mentioned, I've been in dentistry for nearly 30 years. And when I started my very first job in the dental field, uh, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at that same time. So seeing what she was dealing with um, and realizing how little uh, guidance that she was being provided on ways that she could help to reduce the uh, very painful, uncomfortable side effects inside of her mouth, it really uh, sparked an interest in me to want to learn more. And I, I took a first an interest with uh, trying to f- learn more with the patients in the practice where I worked. And I would really question everybody. And it didn't take long to realize that problems inside of the mouth were a common issue. Um, And for people that experienced them, very few felt that they were provided any type of guidance of what they could do to prevent it or or manage it once it's happened. And then the thing that I really was most surprised about is how many people came through their cancer treatments uh, successfully, but ended up having a lot of damage done to their oral health. And some people were battling these uh, issues for years after their cancer treatments were complete. And... I could see the the stress and the the money concerns and the fear that would come along with that. And I just realized there's got to be a better way that we as healthcare professionals, uh, we need to do better for our patients. Thank you for sharing that. You know, one thing that I remember is a lot of times they would say, you know, make sure you get some dental work done if you need to have that done before you start treatment. Is that something that you would say is pretty common practice? I wish it was. (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, most patients are, uh, dental concerns aren't even addressed for a lot of people. So Unfortunately, many patients are going into their cancer treatments with active uh, infections in their mouth, cavities, 
And those could actually compromise their treatment outcomes because uh, unfortunately, sometimes the, the mouth is just considered like it's not attached to the rest of the body <laughs> and yeah. we're all connected. So there's no reason that an infection or a problem inside of the mouth would stay contained there during the treatment process, especially when blood counts uh, become really low. That makes a lot of sense. Jill, why do you think this area of cancer receives so little attention? Why isn't this more common practice to discuss this early on? Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, the way that medical providers and dental providers um, are educated, we are kept very separate. And unfortunately, um, I've even had physicians in my own chair in the dental practice that sometimes would say to me, you know, don't treat me like I know anything. I had one week's worth of a mouth, the mouth in, in, in medical school. So just talk to me like anybody else, <laughs> which I always would respect when they would say that. But um, it's just something that there's not a lot of crossover, unfortunately. And I think finally that's beginning to change. Uh, the, the realization of what they call the oral systemic link is becoming better understood by people. And they're, they're finding out that there's uh, oral health concerns that can contribute not only to um, cardiovascular disease, pregnancy issues, they've actually made some connections to Alzheimer's disease. Um, and there are some connections to um, certain types of cancers as well. Mm -hmm. So not only can we help to create a better treatment experience for people and better survivorship, uh, but by understanding those links better may help to lead to better um, options for early diagnosis or treatments in the future too. I agree. How would you say that um, oral cancer and what you're describing as far as, you know, um, catching things early, how can going to the dentist and staying on top of your oral health care impact or reduce your um, potential of developing oral cancer? It definitely has a huge impact. Um, probably the biggest um, way that it can though is to make sure that everybody is getting a thorough oral cancer screening yearly. And that is not only a visual screening, but also a tactile uh, screening where you would actually uh, palpate the uh, lymph nodes, you'd palpate the tissue to check for any lumps or bumps. So it's not only color changes or ulcerations, but it's also feeling to make sure that uh, the, the texture of the tissue is um, considered normal too. Okay, thank you for explaining that. So when you mention the lymph nodes and filling of the tissue, is this something that someone could do at home too? If you know they feel that something isn't right, and they can call into the dentist and say, hey, I felt this particular area, should I come in? Is there anything that they can do at home? Yes, in fact, um, I am on the Dental Hygienist Advisory Board for the Oral Cancer Foundation. And they have a website called uh, Check Your Mouth. So it's checkyourmouth.org. And you can go on there and actually learn how to do your own oral cancer screening. And it leads you through, because. Realistically, when somebody starts looking in their mouth, uh, just like anything, the first times you start <laughs> doing that, everything looks strange. Uh, so it helps to give you some guidance that if you were seeing something that you're not sure about, uh, it narrows down probably what you're looking at and, and provides you a roadmap of when you need to go and have that checked further. 
Thank you for sharing that wonderful resource. So listeners, make sure you go and check that out and you can start doing these things at home to try and catch uh, some of these symptoms early. So very helpful resource. When I was receiving cancer treatment, Jill, I experienced dry mouth and mouth sores. And to treat that, I was told to use biotin, the mouthwash, and then also the dry mouth spray. What other problems can occur in the mouth from cancer treatments? And are they ever more than just, you know, comfort issues? Yes, um, there is quite a list of problems that can happen inside of the mouth. So the most common are the ones that you mentioned, having dry mouth and mouth sores, Uh, but the dry mouth can help to lead to a variety of infections that can lead to uh, bacterial infections, but also uh, fungal infections. When you hear people experiencing thrush, uh, that Mm -hmm. is a real common infection. And uh, it can lead to problems with the jawbone with certain uh, types of medications or with radiation to the head and neck. Uh, Sometimes people will experience taste changes. And of Mm -hmm. course, it's so important for people to keep their nutrition uh, well, (laughs) to to maintain weight and to maintain their strength through the treatment process. Uh, And saliva actually plays a big part in that too, because there's certain taste buds on our tongue that are Mm -hmm. dependent on saliva to function properly. Um, Sometimes people, if uh, they're getting radiation to the head and neck can experience Uh, troubles with the muscles that control opening the jaw or could control um, swallowing. Uh, So there there is quite a variety. And unfortunately, with the infection aspect, uh, that really could put somebody at danger. Uh, And in fact, if you have a lot of dental plaque, a lot of the, the bacterial plaque on your teeth, as you're breathing that in, they, um, there is, evidence that that makes people more uh, susceptible to lung infections. So hospital acquired pneumonia and those types of infections too, that can be very serious. Wow. I was not aware of that. Are there some things that people can do at home to help reduce this plaque or remove it themselves if they can't get into the dentist? Yes. So the plaque is always the the softer uh, deposits that build up on your teeth. So that is a daily uh, routine of trying to keep that off through uh, diligent brushing and flossing or the um, extra little cleaners that you can use. Some of the times the water irrigators, those can all help. Uh, And then obviously having uh, the year, at least at the very least a yearly (laughs) visit to the dentist. Uh, But most people do need more often. Sometimes, um, you know, if you don't have a lot of problems, every six months may do it. But for people that have, have some gum disease issues, are really susceptible to cavities, or just as they're coming out of the treatment process, sometimes it's a good idea that they're seen more often every three months, every four months, just to keep on top of things because if a cavity would start um, or a problem like that, the sooner that they catch it, the more conservative that they can keep the treatment and really help to keep down the the trauma, uh, not only with (laughs) physically, but um, emotionally and financially that um, a lot of dental work can bring. Yes, it's it's like trauma on top of trauma with the dental and then the um, cancer treatment and everything else that that brings. So as much as we can keep that to a minimum, the better. Exactly. And I think that is the, the biggest thing is just for us to look at this in a preventive manner for people and not wait for the problems to start. 
I think that is uh, one of my, my what biggest battle cry <laughs> that I make <laughs> is that uh, if we can uh, anticipate some of the problems that might occur, uh, that we shouldn't wait for them to occur before we make changes for people. Just decide that, okay, this could happen. So let's take, let's decide what we need to do to prevent it. And if we can't prevent it, maybe we can delay the onset of how soon it starts, or maybe we can minimize the impact. I agree with that. Um, and that's why I like to have these kinds of conversations. Even though someone listening may not be impacted by this in some way, you never know down the road, you or a loved one, you know, may have to have cancer treatment, hopefully not. But if you do, this is something else to think about and prepare for and staying on top of your dental health while you're healthy is key. So I agree, Jill. Thank you for saying that. Oh, yes. Thank you. And I, I think that is um, one of our main um, goals, I think, as dental professionals, or should be at least, that we are, are educating our patients in the practice of, of that oral systemic link and the importance of having a healthy mouth, because the healthier that your mouth is as you're going into treatments, the less likely that you will have problems. And if you go into treatments with a lot of dental disease, um, a lot of inflammation in the mouth, a lot of dental plaque, you will be that much more likely to have the, the negative impact. That's a great point. Jill, if you could give one main piece of advice to help reduce problems in the mouth while in treatment, what would it be in addition to what you've already shared? Is there, is there that key piece of information that we all need to know? <laughs> And I think it really circles back probably to those, those other points is being proactive is deciding mm -hmm. um, that oral health will be a priority, um, even though it's overwhelming. And unfortunately, that's one reason I think it gets um, thrown to the wayside, too, is there, there's a lot to think about. It's overwhelming. It's, there's so much that people are going through that uh, sometimes oral health and oral hygiene just falls by the wayside, which is understandable if they don't understand the impact that it can have. But if they're aware, if we're doing our jobs as dental professionals and as oncology professionals to educate our patients on what problems could happen, uh, then people can take more uh, control over their own health to make the best decisions for them. That's right. One thing that came to mind, Jill, during our conversation here is some people don't get the dental care that they need because they don't have insurance. And so can you share with us any resources for people out there who may want to get some dental work done or dental care and they simply can't pay for it out of pocket and they don't have um, dental insurance, what would you recommend that they do? Uh, most areas have some type of um, community dental clinics uh, that may be options to look into that are um, based usually on a sliding scale according to income. Uh, it's also the option to look into area dental hygiene and dental schools uh, because those students need, they need people to work on for their, <laughs> for their school. And those um, usually take a little longer than your regular dental appointments, but they definitely um, come at a reduced uh, price as well. And there are options of virtual dental care now. That is one thing mm -hmm. on my website that I teamed up with an organization called the Teledentist. 
And anybody can go on my website and access a virtual dental visit uh, 24-7, 365 days a year. It's very affordable. And they can see a dentist um, virtually in 10 minutes or less. So the goal with that really um, was not only to create a better access to care uh, for the for everybody, but especially for people in the treatment process, because if their blood counts are really low at times, um, it can become unsafe for them to see the dentist or even just going out in public. This way they can um, triage the problem a bit and hopefully avoid an emergency room visit or getting uh, to a point that they would need to do that. That's a great point. The low blood count, white blood cell count, and having a compromised immune system, those are critical um, when you are receiving cancer treatment, but also to getting other care. Sometimes one is not able to get that care they need because they have to wait until those blood counts build back up. So this that is a wonderful resource, the uh, virtual dental care. So the teledentistry is becoming more um, common uh, for that many mm-hmm. practices do offer that, but not not all of them do. So I think if somebody doesn't have um, what we call like a dental home, an office that, that they would consider their dentist, this gives them an option. Or if their dental office doesn't provide teledentistry, this is a, another way that they can receive that care. That is great. I like that. It's It's so important because as you mentioned earlier, it affects it can affect so many other areas of our health that we don't even think about. So it's important to stay on top of the oral health care. So Jill, please tell me a little bit more about the side effect support and what kind of services you provide. Is the um, virtual dental care a part of this program? It is. Um, We have uh, the teledentistry services And then we have uh, a plethora of free information. Uh, There is a blogs tab that is split up into a section for uh, cancer patients and their family caregivers that have informational articles in more layman's terms. Um, And then the healthcare providers section has more technical information for medical and dental providers. And both of those sections have um, a little bar on top called the filter by or um, bar that you can search for specific subjects to help narrow down um, those articles. And then there are um, free patient brochures and other free information under the resources tab. Uh, So we currently have an adult uh, patient brochure uh, regarding cancer treatments and oral health. And we have a pediatric version. And the next step I'm um, in the process of working on the Spanish versions too, to help uh, to provide a little bit more access to the, to anybody that would need that. Um, and then I do have uh, a, an over-the-counter product uh, section also. So I try to um, have a collection of products that were affordable and would help to reduce the immediate symptoms um, and reduce some of the risks of developing the side effects, but also keeping in mind uh, protecting long-term oral health, because that was uh, one thing that I learned through the years, the more that I studied some of the products that are out on the market, that some may disguise the immediate problem, but they can actually contribute to damaging the teeth. So mm. um, unfortunately, isn't something that everybody looks for. 
And I tried to make it an easy collection that again, when people have a compromised immune system, they can sit at home, order on the computer, it's delivered to their door and they don't have to go from store to store trying to find um, help for that. That is, that's wonderful. Having all of that information in one place that will, you know, really improve the likelihood that people will take action and do the things that they need to do to take care of their oral health. One thing that I did find very helpful um, was the product section. And um, I just want to say, I love the burst uh, toothbrushes. <laughs> that was one thing I really like. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's um, certain products that I actually, um, I stock at home and I, I package at my kitchen table and <laughs> mail them out. Um, and then I'm, I'm starting to build more products also that it wouldn't be realistic for me to, to offer them in that fashion, but I'm starting to partner with more companies and Bruce would actually be one of them that I can offer access through my site. And then it offers discounts for people too. So it's always keeping in mind that affordability aspect, the access. Um, so I did develop a partner's marketplace that is very new. So there's not a lot of um, products on there quite yet, but that will hopefully help to connect with more companies that people maybe don't realize are available uh, to help and then provide the discount for them as well. Wonderful. Such a great resource. Jill, what is one thing that um, potential patients or current patients can do to make sure that they get the, the quality care that they need from you? So thinking in terms of a partnership, what is something that they can do to make sure that they are having their oral health addressed uh, properly and um, really being taken care of during this tough time of receiving cancer treatment? I think it's a great opportunity to have that discussion with your um, with your nurse navigators, especially that when you're going through the um, the consultations, even through those survivorship years, when you are um, going back for your checkups, your scans, is to initiate that conversation to let them know, um, you know, I, I understand that my oral health can really have an impact on some of this, or let them know if you've had any issues with that and um, help to get more of that um, coordination of care. Um, encourage that conversation at your dental office. You know, make sure that you are always uh, telling your dental hygienist, your dental, um, your dentist, what your current medical status is, what your medical history is, any medications. Um, encourage them to, uh, to reach out, have that conversation with your nurses and make sure that everybody's on the same page and you have some continuity of care. Great advice. I think that's so important because sometimes, you know, that's where we see the gaps. There's a disconnect in the information that's being communicated um, from one provider to another provider. So great information. <laughs> and Jill, before we wrap up, I like to ask my guest these two questions. The first one is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the audience? Um, I would say that um, truly what I've learned through this whole process is that life is um, not just about surviving, but it's, it's about quality to your life. Um, and your smile plays a big part in that. I have um, unfortunately had patients where 
they um, actually got to the point they would not allow themselves to smile anymore because mm -hmm. of their, their discomfort with their mouth, because of their shame of how their mouth looked. And uh, that was always just so heartbreaking to me. Your smile really does play a huge impact on um, your mood, your, um, your happiness in general. It has, smiling can actually help to reduce pain, they found. It, there's so much value to it that it's really something to cherish. I totally agree. And your smile is another way to connect with other people. So it's very important. Exactly. And Jill, what's next for you and the uh, side effect support? Um, I really plan to continue to be an advocate for uh, people who have been diagnosed with cancer uh, and to uh, hopefully the goal is to have more um, collaboration with hospitals, with clinics, with the um, with an, our, our oncology counterparts, um, and to also help to educate the dental professionals on the importance so we all can provide the, the best care for our patients. That's wonderful. Education and advocacy, you can never go wrong with those two, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. That's where my heart is, I know that. <laughs> And Jill, thank you so much for all of the wonderful work that you do. I love the website. There is so much information on there. And um, if people want to connect with you or learn more, Jill, where can they find you? Uh, so the website is sideeffectsupport.com. And I also do try to be pretty active on social media. So you can find us on Facebook. I do have an Instagram page. Uh, we have a LinkedIn uh, profile as well. And I do have my personal LinkedIn profile that anybody's welcome to reach out to me there as well. Uh, my email is jill at sideeffectsupport.com. And anybody is welcome to reach out to me there too, if I can provide any um, answers to questions or, or guidance for them. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jill. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we um, end our conversation? Um, I just hope that everybody um, really values their smile and helps to uh, share it with everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. And thanks for your beautiful smile and all of your knowledge and wisdom. This conversation was very helpful. And I think it's one thing that um, in our busy lives, it's unfortunately one of the things that we kind of put on the back burner. So Thanks for uh, talking with us today and reminding us of how important it is to take care of our oral health. Thank you. My pleasure. And I wanna give a shout out to the listeners before we end today. Thank you so much for joining us. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.